coffee lovers, and welcome to the God Country Live Video Podcast. Every every Friday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And now, live from Seguin, Texas, and other places around the world, your host, Jose Roberto Alaniz Jr. Hello, coffee lovers. Jose with Third Day Coffee Seguin. And it's Friday night, it's 1900, and that means it's time for God Country Coffee. And uh, we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. Uh, we've got uh, all roasters, all Christians, and, uh, and all patriots on this show tonight. And so we're checking all the boxes of God Country Coffee. Uh, this is going to be heavy on the coffee side, and so um, because we really want to talk about coffee. And most people don't understand what all goes into it, how it actually is grown and what the difference in the varieties is and why our coffee or anybody who roasts specialty coffee, why their coffee is better than everybody else's. Uh, so uh, I, I think the, you guys can hear me, me a thumbs up. I know I can't hear y'all. They may not be able to. Okay. In just a minute, we'll, um, okay. In just a minute, we'll, uh, we'll bring them on and introduce them. Um, and go from there. But um, I just want to warn you that anytime this podcast may slide out because we're having some massive storms. Uh, but I do want to talk about a couple of things. And um, so I'm wearing my triple nickel shirt tonight uh, because it's red shirt Friday and and red. The red shirts on Friday represent um, it's uh, what do you call it? And for all our deployed troops until they all come home. And that's what the red signifies when you wear red on Fridays. And so my particular shirt is from Triple Nickel. And uh, they are a company right here in San Antonio, Texas. It's a group of veterans. And um, shirts are made in America. And they're in, you can get them at Kohl's or you can get them at Triple Nickel um, on, their, on their website. Uh, the reason I'm bringing them up is because we're doing a collaboration with them. Uh, for those of you following the Fat to Iron Man 23, which is basically me going from 309 on January 2nd to the finish line at the Waco 70.3 half Ironman in October. And so I've got a coach and a team and everything's going well. I'm losing weight. I'm working out like crazy. Uh, I had a couple of setbacks the last couple of weeks with some kidney issues, but we're all back on track now and everything's flowing. We have a t-shirt that I, that I'm going to post here real quick. So you can see what it looks like, uh, that we're selling to raise funds because apparently doing this kind of stuff is expensive. I had no clue. Um, I never thought for a second that, um, where did it go? I guess I can do that. I don't want to do this. I want to do this. Why is it not letting me share my screen? Okay, so that's not going to work. And now I can't get rid of it. Okay, so um, I'm going to put my website in the comments. You can go to the website and go to my store. And the shirt is there. It's Fat the Iron Man. Again, it's made by an American-made company by a bunch of guys who were in the military. Uh, and they they sell. I've been you buy, I've been using their shirts to work out in, and um, 
I tear my shirts up right here on the collar and in the underarm. And I am being extremely hard on these shirts and they're awesome. And, um, and they look great when you just go out. So, um, anyway, I'm going to put the, uh, the website in the comments and you can go there. Uh, they're not cheap, but, uh, you're supporting a cause. So if you want to help me get to Waco, uh, in uh, some decent gear that I can finish the race with. I would appreciate anything that you guys would would support us with. I've got so much support uh, so far, and I'm excited about moving forward. So without any further ado, uh, I'm going to bring on my guests. I'm bringing on a owner of the coffee farm in Honduras and master roaster from Legacy Farms Coffee, Ashley Williams. And I am bringing on an active duty army and owner of Champ Bros Coffee. He's also a, a home roaster like we are, a micro roaster, and um, Joshua Champion. How's it going? Actually, I can't hear you. I lost you again. Let me turn it out. There we go. Any better? A little bit yes. louder, Ashley. Okay. Yeah. Take it up. A All right. We'll see if it'll... Oh, that's awesome right there. Yeah. So... Um, there we go. We'll start out with I'm drinking Legacy Farms. Um, I'm drinking the uh, Red Limpira Canal Washed. I think is that if I'm correct. And um, and mine's a little bit unique, but I don't know what you guys are drinking tonight. I'm drinking but, the same um, thing you are, Jay. <laughs> hey, that's a nice cup, Ashley. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I, I think you got some of yours, Joshua. The same time I I went and got mine. So yeah, yeah, I think that's what happened. But I had Joshua on the show before, and we talked a little bit about everything. Uh, but tonight, I guess we're going to start round robin. We'll we'll go with the Ashley. Uh, Ashley's probably the most knowledgeable on the coffee side. Um, and uh, <laughs> Connie said, "Hey, nice cup." <laughs> um, uh, so Ashley doesn't just. Um, own the farm down there. He does some mission work, which is probably the same the reason that I got involved. And I know the same reason Joshua got involved too. We wanted to, to be able to uh, support a coffee that wasn't just an excellent coffee, but had a purpose behind it. And so, um, and, and Ashley came to us um, through prayer for divine appointments. That's not a joke. That's not meant to be facetious. That is exactly how I met Ashley, because to this day, we still don't know exactly uh, where we crossed, but we did. God put us together for uh, his purpose, and and we're, we're making some incredible coffee. And so um, I'm going to let Ashley introduce himself and give us a brief introduction, Ashley, and then Joshua, do the same thing. Give us a, a good you know introduction of uh, who you are, where you're at, and what you're doing. Ashley Williams, Legacy Farms Coffee. Uh, I own a coffee farm in Cerro Bueno, Honduras, uh, also under the name Legacy Coffee. I moved my family down there in 2014. Uh, we stayed there until COVID sort of ran us out, where you're either going to die there or die here. So we came here and still waiting. But uh, we were locked out for about three or four months and then went back in and everything sort of went back to normal pretty quick. But uh, We've, uh, I started doing mission work back in 1998. I made my first uh, little week-long mission trip. that did about 20 since then. 
and I, I bought my first coffee farm by accident in 2010 and then purposely bought the one in 2014 and Julia and I decided the boys were young I think Eli was uh, he was still three he turned four the day he uh, got there and then he, uh, Jonathan was about eight or something so we were there for solid we were there for like six years my boys enjoyed doing mission trips the one thing I didn't like about mission trips was the fact that we did the food packets. That seemed like, uh, I mean, it, it helped somebody for a week where uh, I enjoy the uh, the little, I think it's a Chinese proverb, you give a man a fish, you'll eat for a day, you teach a man to fish. And so we've sort of done that, uh, tried to help people buy. We bought probably five or six different farms for the guys or financed them for the guys, helped people that already had farms planted start stores in their house corn grinding businesses one barber shop that he cut your hair i think uh one yep. day uh, <laughs> try to help them help themselves so if uh, jose and i drop dead tomorrow then santos is you know he can keep rolling and all of our guys can keep rolling with uh, you know with the businesses that we've helped start and so i enjoy doing that as much as i do you know growing the coffee i actually didn't drink coffee when i bought the farm I had to learn to had to learn to start drinking coffee. I drank cappuccino from the gas station. I'm not sure that. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, it seems like uh, you know I was in Honduras uh, on my about third or fourth mission trip, and that's where I met my wife. Uh, she wrote in her diary that night, "Another nor arrogant North American arrived today. That's going to be mean to the Honduran people." And so that was the first <laughs> impression on me, and that's where it changed. But uh, that was. Uh, that was where we met at. And then I think I sent you a friend request or something. And, uh, and then ended up, I called you, you called me and we, I don't know. I remember everybody else went in the house, was eating supper and you and I were still talking on the phone for a couple of hours. And, uh, yeah, we just sort of Facebook met and, uh, and I'm, I'm diligent about before I accept a friend request, you know, checking them out and looking up your Instagram to see if you, if Jose had too many bikini pictures in there, I probably wouldn't have, you know, sent him a oh boy. But uh, <laughs> boy, and they were pretty modest. But, you know, <laughs> and he was the same way, you know, he's because uh, I'm pretty sure I sent you the request. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and just sort of looking me up and, and then we ended up just talking for a couple of hours. And the next thing you know, he's a, he drug his poor wife to Honduras and. You know, we uh, ended up having a pretty good time, I think. It just wasn't long enough. And yeah. So, but, yeah, I got to plant coffee and do quite a uh, – we got to eat out a lot. That's that's one of the main things I like about <laughs> mission work. But, you know, there, there's a lot of good restaurants that God's, you know, letting me go to. So, but, no, uh, all joking aside, they, we ate some good food and, and did some good projects. Uh, as they planted uh, – Santos's the entire, is it the second or third farm? Got to plant some of them and finance all that coffee and have to fertilize it, quite a bit of things like that. So it's, uh, he's really grown financially. You can see that his family is doing different. They were able to change schools for one of his kids, get him into a better high school. And so uh, it, it's made a lot of difference just, you know, selling his coffee for him or buying his coffee. And, so it's a lot of motivation for me to keep selling it too on my end. Um, 
Joshua, how about you? Introduce yourself and tell us where you're at and what you're doing. Uh, my name is Josh Champion. Um, currently been in the military for over a decade. Um, I've been active duty the whole time. Uh, got into roasting about, I'd say about roasting my own coffee about three years ago. But it was it all started when I was, it really, really hit me with specialty coffee when I was in Germany and I had an amazing uh, pour over. And I was like, wait, there's something better than Folgers. So I was, <laughs> so I started uh, diving down that rabbit hole. And then I started like really, you know, diving into where, uh, where I could find some of the best coffee and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, I, I seen how the farmers were getting treated. So I kind of wanted to give back or find, you know, find a farm to give back to. So it's just not like a, you know, a take, take, take thing that that's a big problem in our society these days. But just about me is, um, I pretty much just want to provide coffee to people that don't have access to it, uh, especially on military posts. We don't have the the best coffee on post. Nothing against military. It, nothing against it. It's just it's not specialty coffee on post. So pretty much that's where I'm at. Uh, I run a company called Champ Bros, and uh, I provide specialty coffee to everyone in the surrounding area wherever I'm at at that time. And then eventually, I plan on branching out once I move off of post uh, here in the next two years. The uh, that's funny you say that because my first experience, aside from growing up with my dad drinking percolator coffee, which was more than likely Folgers or Maxwell House, um, in the military, we our our coffee came in a big white bag and it had a Navy stock number on it, and that was it. And it was if if you didn't drink it, you could use it to polish your boots. It was so nasty. And so uh, that was my experience with coffee. Oh, you know? If you're in the field and you're tired enough, you'll drink that instant packet coffee. If you, you know, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's definitely. Um, so Ashley, we keep talking about specialty coffee and I would like, you know, I want you to elaborate on exactly, you know, cause a lot of people, we were, in fact, Josh and I were talking about this the other day. And, um, you know, people who go to the grocery store that don't know anything about coffee, they're basically bound to whatever's on the shelf because they don't know any better. And we have the privilege of manipulating the coffee however we want to. I mean, you know, I, I put spice in my coffee when I roasted it. I can oh, do it's, that. It's an amazing I, party trick. It's an amazing party trick when people don't know anything about coffee and they come over and you pour them a good cup. It is, it is, but, uh, I'd like for you to explain that whole specialty coffee thing, because a lot of people don't, don't understand what it is. Well, there's, there's a grading system uh, in any, uh, set around the 70 area of coffee, 70 points. Uh, that's considered good in Honduras. When they cup it, they put a word with the, uh, with the score. And so a 70 point to a 75 point would be you know, okay. And then 75 to 79 would be considered good. And then at, at 80, you become specialty coffee. Uh, and if you come home with, uh, from high school or whatever, with an 80, mom's not going to be real happy, but you know, an 80 is a pretty good score. As far as coffee goes, we, you know, we like to have everything in that 85 to 86 range is where we try to, that's our mid range to shoot for. And we've done 87, 88, and 89 a few times never hit a 90 that's my that's my ultimate goal but uh, 
once you get into that mid 90 range, you're not going to, you're not going to enjoy drinking a cup of coffee. If you have to pay 28, 30 bucks for a cup of coffee, you know, uh, I was stuck <laughs> in the airport the other day and had to go to that star or something. I can't remember the name of the company. Uh, I had to go and buy their coffee and, uh, you know, you're paying for just a, you know, five bucks for a basic coffee. And it's, uh, you sort of hate to do that. And it, it, it did seem like it was a nice cup of coffee, but we try to shoot for that area of, uh, you know, 84 to 86 is where we like everything to be in. And that's sort of where my customer base is. And a lot of the guys that do espressos and stuff, we generally have a, a full natural that's in that 88 range and they enjoy that straight shot of espresso. I, need to turn I don't know if y'all can hear that. Don't, <laughs> don't die on us, Jay. The whole building just shook and it's all steel. So that's a little concerning. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> but uh, talk about uh, the scoring. Because I tell people all the time, well, this is 85 score. And they look at me like a deer in a headlight score. So how does that work? How do they look at coffee and say, well, your coffee's 85 and that coffee's not? If you walk through the door, um, it's a 50. If they believe your word that it's coffee, you start out at 50. And then, uh, but we, uh, the term we use is a low commodity buyer. And so that would be something like Folgers or uh, Cafe Oro in Honduras. Those would be, it's just coffee and it's black. You, you'd get like a, you know, above 50 score on it. You don't, we don't want anything in the seventies. If we had something in the seventies, it's still good. I've, I've drank it quite a few times and I actually have a 62 in there that I was trying to flavor, but there was no hope for it. Uh, I rum crunched it as hard as I could and uh, <laughs> still smells funny, but they, they do it by the, you know, we'll start out at a cupping table and uh, we're going to put the beans in, a, in some little cupping bowls. We'll put 12 grams in a, in a bowl and then we'll smell it whole bean. Then the ladies will run, grind it, and they'll put it back on the table. They're going to move it around and smell the ground because it's going to release a lot of aroma once you grind it. And then from that point, we're going to put 200 milliliters of water around 195 to 200 degrees going to put that on it and let it steep while it's steeping which blooms some people call it a bloom uh, we're going to smell it again and all the time we're making scores and notes on what the flavors are what the uh, what the aromas are and then at some point we're going to take our spoon you can see my pretend spoon and we're just going to drop it into that crust and then we're going to roll it around and you're going to stick your nose right in the top of that cup and as soon as you break that crust you're just going to get a, a nose full of aromas come out and then you're going to, you're going to judge that, write everything down on your score sheet. And then we're going to clean the cup up because there's no filtering in that process. You're just pouring water on top of coffee grind. Now, how hard is it to dial that in to actually smell it? Like to know what you're smelling to put on the chart. Is it, is it a pretty hard thing to learn? Yeah, for me it was. Yeah. Because, uh, but some of these guys that, grew up with coffee in their baby bottle and I don't exaggerate uh, right. the, uh, often I've seen baby bottles full of coffee uh, these guys just sort of know it you know they grew up doing it but yeah it's something that I really had to study on and I 
I mean, I've drank so much coffee, just like a slurp at a time to where the hair is standing up on the back of my neck and you can't sleep at night. And I generally drink a cup of coffee before I go to bed. Because that's the only time with two boys in the house that is quiet. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, and some people have a knack for it and some don't. The guy who cups my coffee has a table that has, I think, 10 different coffees on it. And it's a spinning table. And this guy's young and smart, has retention, memory retention. He'll cup all 10 of those coffees, and then and then he'll start writing everything down. And I've tried to mess with them before, even though it's $15, $16 a pop to, to, cup, to have our coffee cupped. I've purposely sent two and three and four lots of the exact same coffee, named it something different. And I get the exact same flavor profile, the exact same. I don't tell my workers. I don't tell That's my amazing. I just send it in there. And every time I've done that, which has been at least three separate occasions, they've been exactly the same. And I, I don't know. Now, I can drink a coffee and cup of coffee and tell you where, you know, where that range is going to hit. Because all the coffee that came to us that's going to be coming to the States this year, uh, I cupped it myself. There's a couple I haven't cupped yet. And uh, and so those coffees that I haven't cupped yet, uh, I'll cup them next week. And that is where they got rid of me. Now, how much coffee do you actually cup at a time for a specific batch to actually get the correct like notes and aromas down on that paper before you give like a final verdict on that coffee? You specifically. All right. Can you see there's five cups right there? Right. That's going to be one coffee. Okay. And if we did like an international cupping, I would have all, I would do five cups of the exact same coffee. And then normally there'd be more people than me. And that way it gives everybody an opportunity to break the crust. But I'll usually do 25 to 30 cups at the same time. And I'll just do uh, double cups. And then my wife and I will go through and we'll both break crust. We'll both do notes separately. And then, uh, and I'll give it a, a pretty rough score. And I can usually get within a point of the other guy. And, uh, and so, and I'll write down some basic stuff. So I know what, you know, what everything is, uh, like some of the different flavor profiles. Do you remember this guy here, Jose? <laughs> hey, Eli. <laughs> so Eli's I, got his own farm. Yeah. He's been doing some YouTube stuff, man. He, and he gets like nice. seven times more, uh, likes and, and views than I do. <laughs> I can usually get pretty close. Then from that, I'll know which lots I could blend together. Uh, this year, I, I was pressed for time, and I and we and we joined this group uh, because we won fourth place in the Marcala competition. Now we're in this special group, and so they cup all of our coffees now for free. Nice. Now they'll certify our lot, and so uh, it'll cost me. It's just cost seven or eight hundred dollars to get your lot certified. But that's not near what we pay in cupping fees every year. And so it, it was a great value for us. And, I, I, you know, I put all the workers' coffee in there, too. So, you know, they don't have to pay anything. So we, uh, you know, it saved them quite a bit of money, too. So I can get pretty close. And I think I'm getting better every year. The, the problem is I've got to get more consistent 
that's where I spend a lot of time is getting more consistent on my uh, roasting. Because on my big machine, it's sort of got, you know, it's a thief. And then I go to that Hucky. I have a couple of those Hucky 500s. Uh, each one roasts different than the other one. The profile, the times, all the changeover stuff is completely different here and in Honduras. Uh, the two main factors are altitude and purity of the propane that I'm using. And so all my pressure settings are different. Airflow is different there and here. But when I'm there, that's probably the most critical time uh, because I'm doing the first sampling of the coffee. And so I, I keep really detailed notes on my profiles and when I change temperature, pressure settings and stuff like that on the gas. And, and I generally will roast two batches of every coffee. And then I'll just eyeball judge which one I like the best. I like my washed coffee to have a certain brown on the outside. And I want that crack to be a certain shade. You know, it's going to be about eight or nine shades lighter on that crack. And that's my nice medium roast that I keep everything to. Have you ever thought about looking into like an Akawa, like an Akawa sample roaster? Like something that's more uh, automated? Yeah, so it like has a, a laptop and everything. You hook up to it, and it's like a dialed. If you look up at Kawa, it's it's a a dialed in sample roaster. Um, a lot of people are using them now because it it precisely will roast a good sample for you. Um, but it's don't it's only it's only oh nice. It's trying to get yeah. the thing to focus, but it. No, I can see. I can see that color is. You, okay. you can see the white line, sort yeah. of the cream colored line. Is that a pea berry? No, yeah, it's no, it's one of it's one of it's no, that it's, bag you gave me that we don't remember what it was. But I mean, is that bean a pea berry? Is it a round bean? It it it's kind of oblong. It's just small. Oh, it doesn't have a flat side. No. -uh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you if you get if you look up at Kawa I K A W A, they're they're an awesome sample roaster. A lot of people are using them, and and it's I don't think they're uh, gimmicky. I, I think they're putting it. It's small sizes, but I would think it'd be perfect for something like cupping if you're trying to actually get something a little more precise. Well, most of the cuppers use like a fifteen thousand dollar probat, the double barrel. Oh, okay. Pro right. Uh, and that's very, if you think about it, that's very artisan kind of, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, I have three of those Hucky 500s. Okay. And, so, and I hook them up to Artisan on my laptop and run them that way. Uh, that's an amazing app. Artisan's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's sweet because I guess bought them out or something now because I get a donation right. every so often. Right. Okay. And I've thought about sending them some cash because, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. they, you know, that's a that's a great program. I've enjoyed it. I don't understand it. I, um, problem. I have to have Jose fix it. But uh, I, I hate computers. I'm the most computer illiterate. I want to make a point that uh, so Ashley obviously has been doing this. He owns the farm. He's got a big monster. What is it? A 12 kilo at least machine that does about 28 pounds yeah. every 15 minutes. I would smoke up Fort Jackson with that thing. There's no way. <laughs> And then I have a, a three kilo machine that um, is um, does about six pounds um, every. Yeah, I don't know. The, it, What's that? I don't know. We lost. That's oh, a good size poster. I just redid all the. Uh, yeah, that thing is huge. That's a big boy. That's a big boy. 
I'm doing yeah. five pounds. The other night I hit uh, 68 pounds an hour. Once it gets rolling, I, I do a long warm up. I do about a half an hour warm up on it. And then I ended up averaging six hour, uh, 68 pounds an hour is what it was putting out. I'm only putting out 20 bags a week. That's that's too much. Customers. It's nice because I don't have to roast, you know, all day. Right, uh, right. We did all that. One of my customers and I were one day, and he's got a big fat pro bat. And we were talking about drop size. And he said he had a 22 by 22. And I'd just been working on my machine. And I was like, well, I have a 22 by 22. And uh, you have a pro bat as well? No, no. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, okay, gotcha. <laughs> low bat or something. Oh, but okay. now, we got the fancy ProBat, and we got to talking. He was on natural gas, and I was on propane. We were, we were talking about the differences in, in roasting. And then he mentioned that ProBats come with That's a nice seven. roaster, Jay. And so, yeah, you got the U.S. out of Oklahoma. So, anyway, before it was over with, I ended up trading him green coffee for his ProBat burners and all that and so it's been a it's it's been some taking me some time to get it tuned in but i put a probat burners and all inside of my roaster and took out all my stuff is this the and one it, you blew the doors off of yeah yeah i, I, I didn't realize i'm ner- i'm nervous about that i'm serious <laughs> after you told me that story i was like oh no <laughs> i don't I, <laughs> I had to get on there and Google the difference between PSI and inches water column and uh, the other one, uh, Pascal or whatever. Yeah, I and told so, my wife that story, and she was like, you're not going to blow the house up, are you? And I was like, no, I don't I don't think so. Like, <laughs> don't change your burners out without calling me first. Right, okay, got you. I did that, and then I was only getting about 7.8 inches of water column. So the other day, I just went in and redid all the piping with rigid half inch, and then now I'm up to like 14. So okay. uh, I'm just I'm gonna I'm just gonna start from scratch again when I get back from Honduras and I'm gonna put in one inch pipe now, and because uh, I've gutted my re- uh, what is it the uh, regulator, and so there's nothing in there anymore, and so uh, I just shoved it full of paper. The spring wasn't pushing hard enough, so I pulled the spring out, just packed it full of paper. So I think I can hit about 20, 21 inches of water column. And once I do that, I think I'll, 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 I just want that curve to be a little more controllable. And so, but right now, where my, are you sitting at right now? Right Where's now, your, ba- your baseline. I've got it up to, as far as pressure wise, now I can get it to 14 inches water column. 13's uh, about usually what I top out at in okay. a normal, but I want the, I, I want the, the option to be able to do more because for me, I just keep adding more coffee in. So it brought me up from my sweet spot, sweet spot being 22 pounds to 25 pounds. And so that extra three pounds every 14 minutes, that makes a big difference. And so, yeah. you know, I'm picking up 12 pounds an hour or something like that, you know, fairly easily, according to which, what your roast is, but at least, you know, 10 to 12 pounds an hour gain. And so that was a, it cost me like $200 to swap every all the piping and everything out. So that's not too bad. A, a lot of people don't know what all goes into roasting. And, and honestly, I didn't even know half of this. So this podcast is coming out. So I had Steve Green on the podcast yesterday from Mill City. And he laid out everything about his roasters. And 
everything that goes into those roasters. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that, there's so much technology in today's roasters. It's ridiculous. Like it's, there's so many variables that come to roasting that most people don't, I guess, don't understand. Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> the next one up from this one is the 12 kilo from us roasters and you can get the, the one that's got all the bells and whistles where I just take all my roast profiles from artisan. I plug them in and all I have to do is load the machine. It does everything else. It modulates the gas, modulates the air. It, uh, <laughs> and it even dumps the coffee when it's done. And all you got to do is take it out of the, the cooling bin and load the thing. Uh, but I'm, you know, I like to have control over it because that, that's one thing Ashley taught me. You know, some of y'all who heard, you know, my story before I started out with a open, open uh, grill steak. Uh, I thought we lost power, but we didn't. Um, we uh, I started with an open steak grill with a little rotisserie thing I bought from Amazon. And then I and then I did the sacrilegious thing that you do in Texas. And I I cut into my smoker pit. And I made holes in it so I could put a propane burner in it and and uh, and a fan and a rotisserie. And uh, and we went from that. And while I was on that is when Ash and I got really talking a lot because it was hard to, to regulate the heat on that thing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he really helped me tune that roast in. So by the time I got the, the one from U.S. Roasters, man, this was like a Cadillac compared to what I was doing out in the yard. And so it was really nice, you know, to, to be able to, to figure that out, you know, and, and work with it. Uh, Joshua, I wanted to ask you about your roasting because yours is unique. Extremely. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, as far as, so I, the whole technological side, I had to kind of dial in. So, um, a buddy of mine in North Carolina, he works for captain's coffee and he, he helped me out with this. So pretty much I got a, a a thermocouplet, everything, and I drilled a hole in the top of my uh, my fresh roast. Not in this one behind me, but the other three that I got. Uh, I drilled a hole, so it's got a thermocouplet and a probe down in there, and it hooks to a mass tech. So, and then that hooks up to Artisan, and I pretty much have three fresh roasts hooked up to Artisan with probes, and that's how I pretty much dial my coffee. And it just, it's. It just I'm, on the level that you guys are like you, you have coffee ready. My orders come in and I'm, I'm having to throw uh, beans through three or four different roasters at a time. And I'm monitoring three different laptops, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, it, I have, I have a bunch of logs. I have, I have everything as far as, uh, you know, especially since I got these beans from Ashley, I've been, I've noticed that, okay, there's different quality in beans and, you know, Ashley, your beans do fantastic. Like, especially like the customers I've had so far love the medium roast from, uh, from the, I got the same exact coffee that Jay's drinking right there. And I sold a few bags before I switched over. I sold a few bags of medium roast and my phone just kept blowing up. They're like, Hey man, I need some more of this, like whatever, whatever that medium roast coffee was. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing this. Uh, I went from labels to just stamps like me and Jay talked about. So I'm stamping bags now and I'm putting the origins on my bags. So if, if, and I'm leaving that option out there for whatever I have, but pretty much, you know, most of the stuff I'm going to get from you, Ashley, but, but as far as my roasting technique goes, everything is on, it's through a thermocouplet and a probe hooked up to a mass tech hooked up to artisan that's hooked up to a fresh roast. 
and that's that's how I dial my beans in. <laughs> my first thought is uh, that I would buy a, a fidget ten forty eight and three thermocouplers from uh, that company out of Canada that fidget. You could put all that on one laptop, but that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about today. <laughs> right, right, right. You could color the three different profile lines, different colors, and pack it all on one computer. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah. I had a. I don't know why. I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I need more laptops. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I don't know how I'm doing this. Uh, so uh, yeah. That's. Uh, I use the fidget, and uh, yeah, that that I never even thought about that, Ashley. But you know. You never know what we're going to talk about on the show, but that's pretty interesting. It, uh, it, 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 so you guys with a roaster, it looks normal. If you come to my house, I look like I'm a mad scientist in there and I'm just <laughs> going around monitoring everything. Well, you could run four fidgets, so you could get another 800 on there. You're right. I could. I could do that. <laughs> Tell you what, another 800, you'll, you'll sell one computer. Right. Well, they, they, yeah. So they, they technically, so the fresh roast with the extension tube and all that stuff, it, it knocks it up to almost a thousand bucks with everything <laughs> per one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got the fresh roast 700. Uh, I thought I paid like 229 for it about seven or eight years ago. Yeah. You but can I, get, uh, so with the, this right here, the 800 is about roughly around $300. And then with the probe, that's like another like 50 bucks. And then with the mass tech, the mass tech's another 400. So it's like I, I add all that stuff in and then plus paying for um, all the other stuff that hooks up to it. It's I wouldn't say quite a thousand. That, that was a little bit over exaggerating, but it, it's over 500. Like it's it's up there. Yeah, I think that's the, pretty interesting. My hucky, I usually put in it'll roast 16 ounces. I usually put in 12 and I shoot to get out between 10.3 and 10.5 ounces. So that's my that's my medium roast. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I'm usually putting, uh, so mine I'm putting in 225 grams and, uh, I can usually get a bag of coffee out of two, uh, roasts. If I'm doing a medium, uh, I, with, th with this specifically, my medium's hitting around nine, 10 minutes and I can put two bags out pretty much in two goes. So, uh, uh or I can get a bag out in 20 minutes, uh, of a 12 ounce bag. 12 ounce. Yeah. So you're putting 16 in pretty much in two rows. You're putting 16 ounces in. Yep. Man, Ashley's doing math. Yeah, over I can tell. Yep. That's right. Because I, I am losing a little bit, um, <laughs> especially, especially with, a uh, the dark roast on those things. The thing, if you don't dial the fresh roast in, that thing will burn you up Man, quick. Probably on that little 700 somebody walks over to talk to me and next thing i know everything you leave it <laughs> the air high enough and i look and like crap everything on the bottom is black already and right that showed to you be know, seven, eight ounces so yeah that's that's pretty spot on that's this line of conversation brings me to an idea uh or something that i that i have dealt with is that you know most of the coffee that we buy in the supermarket is coffee that, like Ashley was talking about earlier, it's a, it's a very low grade coffee. You know, it, it you know somebody walked in the door and scored it at fifty, and Folgers bought ten million pounds of it or whatever, and then the coffee gets roasted way past um, where we would roast coffee because they want to roast all the junk out of it. Right. And and so um, you know you're talking about the the dark roast. I I've burned coffee before. <clears throat> not on not on this machine, but I've done it on the on the previous um, 
roasters that I had, the mad scientist roasters that I had outside. But um, this one here, you know, one of the things that I haven't done since I bought this one is over roast coffee. And that's because if I'm, it usually happens when I'm, I haven't tried to do it on a medium yet, but it does have a little gadget on it where you can set the temperature alarm. And so if I get busy, that thing will go off and tell me, Hey, you're at, you know, you're within five or six degrees of where you want to be. Right. Uh, but I have over roasted a medium and, and then I had to just finish roasting it all the way up to a dark, you know? Right. But, um, that's one thing that people don't don't understand either. A lot of the coffee they get in the supermarket is coffee that's had all the impurities roasted out of it. Oh, I can't even drink it. I can't even drink it. If I, if I was to go on a road trip, I tell my wife, I'm like, Hey, we are packing coffee. Like it's going in, in the suitcase. (laughs) Like I I can't do (laughs) no. Well, I just, I just packed my coffee. I'm going to Honduras on Tuesday. So I was packing coffee. Okay. Okay. Right. You, you take coffee back to Honduras? Yeah, because once I get there, I'm going to roast it. And I got to, uh, I'll roast some coffee there, but I'll have to wait like two or three days for it to degas. So right. I'll take three days. So I'll, I'll take three or four coffees with me. And then I'll try right. and night when I get there and get settled, I'll go out and roast a little bit of coffee. And I'll have their ladies are selecting coffee right now. So I have them pull me up, you know, a couple 12 ounce samples of some different green. And, uh, so Tuesday night, I'll run out there for about an hour, and I'll roast two or three little batches. And there's a couple of them I haven't played with. We bought a, a little some Sargi Moore from a farmer the other a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't tried his very much. And then how I many farms are near you, Ashley? Like, are you the only one in that general area? Oh no, it's it's pretty much all farms. I'd it's say all 90, farms in that area. Ninety percent of the land is. is oh okay. Uh, anything farmable there because at those altitudes um, they're not going to be growing beans and stuff like that we'll grow beans and corn and stuff like that the first two years while the plants are small and and there's room between your coffee plants because you'll plant a coffee plant 1.8 to 1.9 meters spacing so there'll be plenty of room there you could plant uh, beans corn stuff like that but then at some point they get big enough that they're all touching then you can't plant anything anymore. But no, not the majority of the land is just strictly used for coffee. Okay. It, it's tillable. It's well, now, what, what elevation is that? I, I forgot. What elevation are you guys growing at again? Uh, it's like 5,000 to 5,100 feet. 51? Okay. Because it's, you know, it's pretty hilly. And right, because so, I, I, someone asked me a question because a lot of people don't know that, you know, the higher the elevation, the less uh, the less the caffeine content due, due to the bug repellent. That's what caffeine is um, in plants. So they, I, people ask me, like, you know, hey, I want more caffeine out of my coffee. And I'm like, well, that's all dependent on the elevation that it's grown at and, and how light the roast is. <laughs> but uh, I just didn't know. What was that? Well, uh, I'd never heard about the uh, the. Uh, repellent or anything like that now when you when you start putting the numbers to a light roast compared to uh to a dark roast and caffeine content it's very very little you know you right. lose okay on that but i've never heard about it. i'll have to start looking. oh yeah yeah no so caffeine uh so the reason why coffee plants produce caffeine is it is a bug repellent it keeps them from eating the plant so the higher the elevation the coffee is, the less there are bugs. So the ca- the plant doesn't put out that much caffeine. The lower the elevation, it has more bugs, so it has to put out more caffeine. Uh, 
it's pretty much the plant's natural uh its defense mechanism is caffeine i've never heard of that i'll have to, yeah. I'll have to do some research <laughs> i love it that's what the, i love it that's awesome i have one robusta plant on the farm that i brought from uh, a trip to el salvador and uh, i started harvesting and, and programming the seeds to, or program it to be a seed instead of a coffee bean and so this next year we're going to have uh I thought I was going to have trouble with freezing up. Ashley's got one Robusta plant. And I think right. this year they're going to have Robusta this year. Cause nice. I'll be back. I, there you go. Are you back? Hello? Hey, yes. Yeah, so, that, so that's the reason why Robusta has more caffeine than uh, Arabica coffee plants. Because Robusta is grown at a lower elevation. Huh. Uh I don't know. I'm going to have to do some research on that because we, uh, we've been growing it at 5,000 feet. So I'll Oh, you can, you can grow, you can grow it uh, at any elevation. I'm just saying it naturally grows at a lower elevation. So that's why Robusta has a higher caffeine content. But we're, when I get enough of a sampling, we're going to uh, send it to K state. I just found okay. the other day that the lab in Honduras sends some coffee to K state, uh, <laughs> here in Kansas. And so, uh, so we're going to try to send some of our uh, a sampling of our robusta. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it compares to my arabica. That'll that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I like the high caffeine stuff, but oh yeah, yeah. And I'd say- rather buy it all from one farm than have to you know source several. Because one thing about specialty coffee too, if you're listening to this thing, I don't care if you, even if you're listening to it on a replay or on on any of the platforms that we'll send it out. I just lost my thought. It just went away. It like, it, it bolted on me. Uh And I'm older than you are. And then he froze. (laughs) I'm going to, can you hear me? Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say something real quick, Ashley. Yeah, do that. Cause I, I like reading up on, anything i can get yeah because it might make more sense i've got a we were going to do it on eli mountain uh plant uh robusta but i might take it down and put it in pavis on jonathan's farm because he's uh he's 1200 meters where we're 1500 i sent it to your email ashley okay thanks i'll read it i know what i was gonna say the um the thing about specialty coffee versus um what you get anywhere else because there's a lot of big name uh, companies out there, uh, military owned, you know, veteran owned companies and other companies with the green hands and whatever, all those other things, um, that, um, say that they call their coffee premium or, uh, gourmet or whatever. Is that just and, marketing? Why do they, why do they do that? Cause I see that a lot. Just chasing well, the if it doesn't have paperwork saying that it's okay. specialty coffee yeah, or the company score, it's not specialty coffee. Right. And so if somebody tells you that, they, that they're selling specialty coffee, ask them for a copy of their paperwork. Cause Ashley sends me copies of the, you know, the stuff that I get. And so, you know, they can call it whatever they want to call it, but if they don't have a piece of paper to back it up, it's just coffee. Right. Yeah. By the way, Ashley, I want a jute bag from your farm. If you got one. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll get you set up with a couple of things. Awesome. Yeah, you should. Uh, yeah, you should be in there where we just failed you some stuff. Yeah, I'll okay. Get a couple of those, and uh, I think I might have an apron or something too over there. Hey, I'll, I'll roast it. And I'll, I'll look. E- yeah, <laughs> even more mad scientist over there with an apron. <laughs> a couple hundred V sixties. Nice. I'll send you. I'll send you one of my hundred V sixties, and you can. Oh, V sixties are awesome. Uh, yeah, this is a little different. It's is a, it okay? <laughs> Expl- explain, explain. I've never. Let me, let me grab one real quick. Some, okay, okay. I'm gonna be gone like two minutes, but you guys. Okay, that's fine. The um, yeah, he also the the ladies made a laptop uh, covers, um, cases or whatever you want to call them, out of the burlap, and so I've got one that's got the Legacy Farms logo right on the flap of my laptop cover. Now there was uh, I, before before he comes back. There was one thing I want to tell you that I, I was praying about over the past couple of days. It was about your service in the Navy, and I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> <I'm just> supposed- <laughs> you know, my coach is a is a, a re, he's a retired Army Ranger, right? And uh, and so I'm in a group post with uh, four or five Army Rangers. And I'm the only squid, so it, it's like it's a hey. constant. Every Al, I meant to day. ask you something. Did <laughs> did you ever? So I went and got my shell back. Did you ever get your shell back? Oh, you got to go there, don't you? You you just got just asking. I didn't know if you got one or not. <laughs> yeah. Man. Listen, those Army Ranger clowns got their shell backs, and oh, I didn't. No. I'm a how? how? I'm a because my captain. Didn't want to divert 71 nautical miles for us to do shellback. You were that close to the equator, and they did not yes. do the shellback ceremony. My captain, 71 nautical miles, and my captain's like, no, we're not doing that. Because he didn't want to go through it. And we and we we where we were at at that time, we could have done the um, whatever it is where you cross the international date line and get your shell. I think it's called a golden shellback. Right. We could have got the golden shell back and that clown's like, nah, we're, we're going back to San Diego. And so, uh, I was robbed of my, of my shell back status. And that I am is highway robbery. I am, but a mere wog to this day. It's terrible. I'm going to buy a t-shirt that says wog life. Hey, well, at least you didn't have to eat mashed potatoes out of a fat dude's belly button. Cause that is what goes on. <laughs> That is what goes on for for the shellback ceremony. That's the only thing I'm putting in there. But it was the yes. <laughs> I for one minute, and you guys. <laughs> Those ceremonies are ridiculous. Like every they are. They are. This is uh. This is if you went to a regular person's house in Honduras, uh, they're gonna serve coffee out of this. And uh, I knocked oh, wow. 100 and V60 just because it's very similar to a V60. Right. It's like a cheesecloth. And uh, have I gotten you one of these, Jose? Yes. And, uh, I mean, it makes a great cup of coffee. Uh, I've got a guy working on making a little holder for it, and I'm going to make a little gift pack this year. Now, do you put the same amount of grams inside of it just like you would do a pour-over? It's according to how poor you are. Oh, this, okay. This is what an ultra-poor family would do. Monday, she brews coffee, and she dumps it out. Tuesday, she brews coffee, she dumps it out, saves it. Wednesday, she puts those both those days back in there and brews wow. it again. Okay. 
so yeah, it's just according to how poor you are. How do you use it? Uh, I, I my sort of mix is uh, thirty four fifty. Okay. Thirty grams of coffee to four hundred fifty uh, of water, and I don't just change up my scale from milliliters to grams. I do everything on grams, but then uh, I'll pour it in here and steep it for a minute because you know your scales have got the little timer on it. I'll do a minute to a minute and a half, and then uh, and then finish pouring it out. And I just have a little thing where I just put the whole thing on the scale. I would love to try that out. One hundred percent. It's just a fun little this fun little thing and how long do they how long do they last before you i don't use it that much but when okay. you go to some houses they're just completely stained brown and oh okay you know, and so uh i think they use them till the you know thread comes out of it and, okay but uh they're uh they're like a dollar i pick them up when i'm down in honduras so i imagine them being a dollar they last a pretty good while but hey i'll buy them from you it's a it's a thick cheesecloth Nice, it's pretty good design, and man, that's a that's a heavy piece of metal that they twist together. <laughs> and so uh, I was trying to straighten it, and it's uh it's it's pretty tight. That's that's an experience for people, especially if you have people that come over your house and they're you know wanting some good coffee, and you're like, hey, look, this comes from Honduras, and this is how they had their coffee there. That's like a whole experience that people are like, wow, I didn't know that. We had groups come here. My little. When we, we were building an attached garage to the house. And so the detached garage was built like 70 years ago. My house is 123 years old. And so 70 years old, they built this detached garage. And it was 20 by 20, uh, 24 by 28. And so we have some, you know, we can hold a small group in here and people come by. And when they do, that's, that's something. I'll line up two or three of the little V60s and do, you know, do pour overs for everybody out of that. And, if I don't grind it just right, you know, you get a, a dirty cup of coffee, but it, it's sort of the experience. That's what you get, you know, in right. And, now, is it a normal, like, pour-over grind, or are you going more thicker, like French press, or more coarse, like French press? No, I used, uh, do you know how to say the word, the malcolone or malcatone, whatever that is, the grinders, those German grinders? I know what you're talking about. I know what I you're talking about. And I, I normally, when we sell coffee, I start you out with a number six grind. Right. And then, uh, you know, and I'll put a little note in there. If it's, if you're getting something in your cup, I'll bump it up to six, five or seven. So if I were doing it in here, I would bump it from my num normal number six to a seven. Uh, but nothing more than that. Cause you get around eight, you need uh, eight or nine. You need to steep it for a lot longer. Right. Uh, and especially it all depends, you know, if you're, if you're doing a, a bigger group, then I'll just, I'll have a big vacuum pot ready and I'll just do one little pour over and one or two people get a cup of it and everybody just sort of nice. gets this how it's done. But, uh, yeah, probably a seven grind would be, would be enough. Cause I think they go from, I think they actually register zero to 10 and nice. zero is like a real fine Turkish, you know, kind. Hey, uh, not, uh, not to change subjects and not to cut you off, uh, Jay. Um, Hey, uh, if you had another question, so I got a question on one of my pages today. Um, the lady messaged me and she goes, is your coffee organic because your website doesn't say it? And I only drink organic coffee. You need, I won't drink your coffee unless it's organic. And it was kind of like, okay. I didn't know how to respond. I was like, <laughs> uh. so just asking Ashley, like, is there, I don't understand what, what, why they would. Like I said, it was organic, but they're trying to 
they're trying to have me provide proof pretty much. Um, but we're not certified organic anymore. We were, and we dropped okay. out the association because it was very expensive. And, okay. And a lot of the guys that we all went in as a group because it's like twenty something thousand dollars to get certified. And uh, and we were all gonna pay, you know, X amount, but then a, a whole bunch of them dropped out and so we had to make the call either because I'd already been promoting that we were going to be organic. And okay. So it ended up doubling what I cost, what I had planned on paying. And then we find out every time they want to come and expect and inspect you, uh, it's 400 bucks. And so, you know, it just, it wasn't for the amount of coffee we were selling and the amount that people were willing to pay extra. And at that time we were only selling green coffee. And so nobody, there weren't, there was nobody that was willing to pay an extra 28 cents, I think is what the math was, per pound to have that seal. Right. But we don't use pesticides, herbicides. Um, we're not certified bird friendly, but we are bird friendly. We're shade grown and all those things. Since we dropped out, a lot of the other guys dropped out. And so now Bio Latino has contacted us. And so now they're negotiating the price. So the 2024 crop will be certified organic. Nice. But uh, the main thing for me is the pesticides and herbicides. And it's not even the fact that it's not as much the fact that I could get a better price. Um, it's more the worker safety because these guys have been taught their whole lives by the other farmers. I don't worry about that. It's all right. It's not going to hurt you. Wash your hands when you're done. You know, we couldn't make the guys wear a mask because I had like some, you know, Full blown, and I got. <laughs> Don't hang up. You still there, Ashley? He'll snap to you in a second. If you, uh, I strongly, I'll tell you what. Are you back? Okay, are we back. Yeah, yeah we got back. you now. I couldn't, I couldn't get them to even wear the little COVID mask. And so um, we finally got them to wear those N95s. But uh, they just they don't take that red label seriously. And so that was one of the main reasons I said, you know, let's don't do that. And plus, if you're the only guy spraying insecticide, within two or three weeks after you sprayed your farm, none of the other sp farms are spraying their bugs just come on over to you anyway. And so they're just doing commodity grade coffee. And literally one of the farmers said, well, all those insect eggs just make the coffee way more. And so they could care less, you know, <laughs> that money to go in there and spray. And we're bordered by rivers and we're the highest farm uh, on, and we're in a natural preserve. So we're not supposed to be using it anyway, but everybody, uh, or a lot of the guys do. So we're not supposed to be using that because I'm the top of the food chain as far as the water goes. So there's right. a lot of houses that go below us. A lot of the rocks are stained white where the women get in the water and they're standing there waist deep in the water, washing their clothes on these giant rocks that are out in my river. And so everything I dump on my plants gets dumped in there. And then they're taking water back to their house because they can't afford to hook up to all these big, water projects that the u.s and everybody has paid for you know the water project gets paid for by the states but then like i had to pay 350 dollars to hook up to the water project and so uh but that's socialist 
uh, Bahidio only had to pay 50 bucks, but they made me pay 350. <laughs> Probably because of your skin color, Ashley. They <laughs> profiled. I feel violated. They profiled you, man. <laughs> I thought you were Honduran. Wow. <laughs> Mark is most of the Honduras. <laughs> no, when we oh. buying the land for the library, the guy, and it was extremely expensive. It was $4,200. And then when I went up there, they changed the price to 8000 mm. And it's like, well, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, well, we're, uh, we're already at an hour and I know, I know the three of us could go on for hours because we've, all had long conversations about coffee. Um, but Ashley, give us, uh, I don't know, just any kind of closing remark that you want to, uh, that you want to throw out there and, and, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll go last, but, um, is there anything you want to throw out there about coffee or, or the mission, or if you want to plug your business, plug your business? Well, I just ask anybody that's watching, you know, pay attention to what you buy. Uh, uh, I'll just give you a quick example. Like a burlap sack full of coffee sells $700, $750 for a 150-pound bag. But when I sell, we call it Folgers. I don't sell to Folgers, but we sell to companies similar to Folgers. I sell 3,500 pounds of coffee for $340. And that is below commodity-grade coffee. And But that coffee is organic just as much when i have my seal for my farm selling my high grade coffee is organic that junk that we sell that's black and never is green never going to ripen it's full of insect damage we picked it up off the floor that coffee is still organic and it will be sold as organic coffee to whoever i sell it to uh, they'll ask for your organic seal and your certification paperwork and so, yeah, pay attention and, and you know, do some do some research. And if you're a coffee shop buying coffee, find out if that guy has got, you know, his certification and and if the coffee he's buying is actually specialty grade, you know, and you could call it gourmet. You know, um, I really don't know what that means. There's not a classification of gourmet. I don't know. Nope. You know, uh, you, know, you might know you taught me a bunch of stuff tonight about coffee. So. <laughs> But I don't think there is that, you know, there's heirloom coffees and that just means I can trace the history of that coffee back. I know where I bought right. the plant from for two generations before me. I know where that coffee was grown at, but uh, there's so much stuff, you know, strongest coffee in the world. You know, you can't say that it's definitely not the strongest coffee in the world. And uh, <laughs> do a little bit of research and do your due diligence on who you're buying from and, if you want a cheap cup of coffee, buy a cheap cup of coffee and call it what it is. Cheap cup of coffee. Uh, put creamer in it and enjoy it. Move on with your life. <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you're wanting a quality cup of coffee, you're going to have to pay a little bit more for it. But you're going to know what you're getting for the most part. And the transparency thing, buy a plane ticket and I got an apartment waiting for you. Come out to the farm, meet the guys who pick it, go out there and... You know, go in my bodega and see what kind of chemicals are in there and, and look at the organic section where, you know, we've we've extruded sulfur from rocks, you know, that we use in our uh, antifungal and the copper and all that stuff, you know, that they use, it, you know, all that stuff was brought up from the ground and, and they they milled it and they ground it. And, you know, there's there's a whole lot to the organics that people don't know. And, 
and this um, this microorganisms that we grow, all of my workers drink the stuff. After we you know, it's we cultivate those microorganisms. They're growing and being fed for like sixty days. We crack it open, and those guys are dipping a cup in there and drinking it straight out. That's organic, you know. And they say it, you know, that's why they have full heads of hair. They say, and why I don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, the, uh, just know what you're getting and do some research if, if you're wanting a quality cup of coffee, you know. And, uh, you know, if you want next year, we'll have our seal for the organic stuff. And then uh, at that point, then I'll get my roastery certified organic and then we'll start selling it as organic coffee. But we don't use insecticides, pesticides, herbicides and probably some other sides that I don't even mm -hmm. know about. But uh no, I enjoyed being on tonight, and I hope there's a point in time this summer we all can put our heads together and meet somewhere, uh, somewhere in Texas, probably, and uh, do a weekend. And I'll, uh, you can bring your 800, and we'll roast some coffee somewhere. Oh yeah, I'll bring Absolutely. my whole system. I'll bring my whole system out there, and we'll we'll have a we'll have a little competition between the 800 and then the roasters. We'll. Do <laughs> <laughs> The other uh, propane uh, roasters. I um, Joshua, same thing, same question. You know, what would you uh, what would you tell your customers or or any coffee uh, connoisseur, um, you know, that you'd want them to know about coffee? Uh, pretty much, um, I would say I, I would double tap what uh, Ashley was saying. Do your research with coffee. You really do. Like you can't. You can't just sit here and say you want good coffee and then you're not willing to pay the price for it. Like there's no, you just can't do that. And, and and there's a lot that goes into a good cup of coffee. Like a lot goes into it. You can't just say, hey, I want a good cup of coffee. I'm going to buy this brand and it's a good cup of coffee. No, the good cup of coffee starts from the plant to the washing and drying or whatever pr uh, procedures you go through or processes you go through all the way through transport back to the states then to the roaster then to the consumer uh, then to the consumer like it, it literally goes into a lot and then when, once it gets to the consumer then it's in the brewing process there is so much that goes into a good cup of coffee and i think you just need to do your research like um like we were saying here if you take anything from what we have said tonight it's to pay attention research like ask questions uh dig more into the books um, understanding the entire process when it comes to brewing, like all, all a lot goes into it. Um, just don't assume that a company is just selling amazing coffee. That company could have the most amazing green coffee and then it could be roasted just as perfect. And then you could screw it up in the brewing process. <laughs> like there's a lot that goes into it. So uh, I would just say, do your research, um, understand where you're getting your coffee from and, uh, and, ha and just be appreciative. Be, be appreciative for where your coffee comes from. Understand that there are people breaking their backs overseas for you to have that daily um, pick-me-up. You could have a really crappy coffee in an awesome marketing company. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of people that do that. Mass I'm assistant coffee. <laughs> I'm going to end this with uh, – I'm going to say a few words afterwards, but I want to show a few pictures uh, from the farm so uh, you kind of we can kind of pull all this together. You can kind of see what the what the place looks like and what these people look like. Uh, and um, 
and let me see if this will pop up and if I can do the window. Nope, I got to do the Chrome tab. Okay. Is that it? Oh, that's all I had to do. I couldn't figure it out earlier, but uh, I figured it out now. And so let me come down here and um, and grab. Well, first. That's, that's trippy. Yeah, I know. It looks crazy, right? Okay, so I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to start with, uh, I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the show, the t-shirts that uh, Triple Nickel, who is our, our sponsor, is looking for us. And uh, tell me if that filled up the whole screen, guys, because I can't see it. Yeah, it's, it's. Uh, are, are, did you put a picture up? All I see is a bunch of uh, boxes. Oh, well, let's not do it like that then. Yeah, you'll have to close some windows. Okay, let me. Uh... I got your guy back there now. My other Jose, okay. Jose Santos. Nice. That's the. Concept. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Okay, let me let me share this again, and do this differently. Let's see. This guy is Santos, and that's the farm that Jose gets his coffee from. My farm as well, but this is the guy. He buys all of uh, Santos's coffee that Santos grows. That's awesome. Hey, can I say one more thing? They absolutely. So I blew someone's mind the other day because they were talking about their coffee habit. And I'd, I use this all the time because it's true. I say there, there's like two beans and one grape. And you like it takes 250 hand-picked cherries for you to have your daily cup of coffee or for you to have your daily consumption of coffee because most people have two cups. And they're like 250 picked grapes. And I was like, yes, 250 of those. And then you times that by 12, you're looking at over 91,000 hand-picked grapes for you just to have your daily coffee consumption and they were they they felt so bad after that i wasn't trying to make them feel bad i was just saying that's where the appreciation comes in okay now this should clear this up nicely it's and five well, pounds of coffee cherry to make one pound of roasted coffee what was that again ashley it's 8.25 pounds of coffee cherry to make one pound roasted coffee so I'll have to I'll have to count the how many cherries are in a pound. But yeah, yeah I like that, your, that well, what was that, Ashley? I like your math. I, li I like putting it in the mathematical terms and uh, right. makes me think about that. Yeah. Uh, one of our girls, our best, uh, there's about 800 to 900 beans in a pound. And our girls will select about 80 to 100 pounds a day of mm. coffee. And so that's, but when it comes to pea berries, they only select five to six pounds a day. Hey, we got okay. the shirt on, Jose. My screen. Hey, is it finally came up. So this is uh, the t-shirt that I was talking about earlier. This is the company Triple Nickel. Uh, made in, the shirts are made in America. They're awesome quality. And each purchase goes to support. And I know this is tacky, but... I have a lot of people that have always supported me when I started these weight loss things because I do things crazy extreme things like lose 100 pounds and, and do stuff. And so the last time I did it, uh, I, I did it to to raise money for uh, like the Fisher House or Prowess House, something like that. But this time I'm doing it for me uh, so I don't die at a young age. And um, anyway, that's we don't that's want what that. The yeah. Yeah. I don't want that either. <laughs> I don't want that either. Um, 
let me get rid of that one and then let me pull up this other one over here. But yeah, we'll have to get like a definite number on that, actually, because that'd be a, a talking point for a lot of people, because uh, that that has actually brought me some customers, you know. I'm going to make a note and I'll ask. Uh, I'll see if I can find out. No, I can do the math because I know how many hundreds of everything in hundreds of pounds. Right. Yeah, because I'm trying to dial it down to like you for you to have your daily cup of coffee. This is what it takes for you to have your daily cup. And I feel like more people would start appreciating where the coffee comes from if, if you can put it down to like a mission like hey your daily cup costs this pretty much yeah that that's a great idea uh joshua very the number uh, doubles. was that actually if it's a pea berry the number would double right there's, there's only one uh, i have to get you some triplets I, we select out the triplets too okay but yeah okay, i can fairly easily on the uh because at my farm it's 6.75 to one for green coffee uh cherry to green coffee beans is that you okay so this is uh we were talking earlier about golden shellback and all that stuff and back in the day uh you know beating up on each other was kind of an okay thing till we got a bunch of butterflies that cry about people being too rough and coarse but um this is when I made rank and uh, because I had made a lot of people mad, everybody that, that was at the rank that I got promoted to or above got to come in line and, and gingerly tack my crow on that arm. And you can see which arm they tacked. And uh, <laughs> it was actually a, a hairline fracture. Um, now here's uh this is me just about, Right before I was about to get my hair cut, and that's Brujidio in the background. Uh, one of Ashley's uh, number one guys uh, that, that works for him, and he's got his own farm. And uh, he's got a barbershop, and he sells sodas out of the barbershop. And and uh, he's just a very um, driven young man. Uh, I don't know how, how old he is, really. How old is he, Ashley? He's 36, but he's he's got a little baby face. He, 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 he looks young. Yeah. Uh, so I, that was me right before I got my hair cut in the mountains in Honduras. This is the outside of his house. So people don't quite understand, like if they've never been to a third world country, um, this, these are the huts that they live in. It sticks with mud. Oh yeah. And, um, this is the guy I get my coffee from Jose Santos and his two boys. And, uh, that's great, great coffee. Brandy is on the far left and Bexave is in the center. And right now we've built a bathroom and a shower and all right where they're standing. Nice. Because I didn't have that before. And I th what did you say last couple of years ago? He didn't show up for work and you didn't know why. And it's because half his house slid down that mountain. It just fell over. It had been raining. And so it got to washing on that Adobe mud and it just fell over. Yeah. I mean, these are the people that are out hand picking our coffee. Right. And uh, Ashley took a great picture right here. It's all promotion because I didn't do much of anything but put that one plant in the ground. Um, and I can assure you, uh, and at that time I was probably about 40 pounds heavier than I am now. And if I'd have known there was a drop of like, I don't know, 1,500 feet, about 20 feet away from me, I probably wouldn't have gone down there. Right. Um, I'd never but been those, there. It was crazy 
I'm What's trying that? my best to keep these things alive. Well, actually, they're flourishing here in South Carolina pretty good. It's not that bad. As long as we bring them inside, um, like during the colder weather, they're actually they're they're getting they're getting a lot of leaves on them. On the ones I and have I'm here. Gonna, I'm gonna let Ashley. Uh, so this is Anna, and that's Ashley's like right hand arm down there. Talk a little bit about her, Ashley. Oh, he looks mad in that one. She's not looking at the camera. She's looking away. No, no. I said, I said, actually, his face stopped in a mad, in a mad position. Oh, <laughs> I want to show you. This is, this is a coffee tree. Right. And I'm not sure how much I can zoom in. Give me one minute. One minute. But you can kind of see right here where I got the little hand. Uh, where the buds are just about to start. This is on X. Yeah, we lost you for a second. Um, but just, she came to work for us. She was just a straight farm worker, and uh, and then she just she just showed a lot of promise, and she was sharp as a tack. And so we just kept pushing her and pushing her, and finally we got her to take over some you know, a little more responsibility. And now she's the manager of the farm. It does an awesome job. And that's my beloved. And this is right. It's hard to see here, but you can see through right here where to the right of my wife at the very bottom where that road is. Um, it's a long way down there. I promise you. It's a very long way down there. And if I would have sure. known that it was, that it was that far down, I probably wouldn't have gone out here. So this is taking a while, but she's growing pretty good. Are you are you there, Jose? Yes. Yeah, we're trying to grow her. She's she's growing a little bit for us. Look at that. Yep. Hello. Are you there, Ashley? But he yeah. was showing a picture. We oh, we started. Man. There you go. What was <laughs> you that? Brought the. <laughs> oh yeah we got this thing growing from uh scratch it's growing really good for us it's got some new leaves <laughs> on top that's just like a bunch of plants it's not just one plant no yeah. no it is it, i got i got three of them hey, you're gonna have to repot that bad boy pretty soon oh it's growing quick i was uh, like we've been <laughs> taking real good care of it and she was like oh yeah we're gonna have to get another pot yeah i'd go ahead and break it into three or four different plants i'd break it in three or four yeah, each one of those trunks is one plant. Right. So you think it's a? Uh, so we probably need to start doing that soon, then, right? Yeah, because it it's a uh, your root ball. Your root's going to be as deep as the plant is tall. So you've already okay. got some curling up in there. But now okay. we have some coffee next year. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> we've we've gave that thing so much time and attention, and it's grown. It's been oh, I, I can't tell you how long. I tried to grow some here, and it just didn't. Oh, yeah, a couple of times. I've got some seeds I'm going to bring back uh, when I come back on the 18th or whatever. I'm going to bring some seeds with me and see if I try to plant them. And we stick them in orders and let people try to plant them. But oh, I got four more of those pots. Oh, you do? Cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> when it's three years old, it'll need to be in a regular size garbage can if you really okay. produce fruit. Oh, yeah. We've had this thing for almost two years now. Okay. 
Yeah. No, it's a, it's a pretty good sized plant. That's about where it should be. Okay. That's pretty awesome. I I've had no success with uh not with me. Doing... My wife's got a green thumb. It is not me. <laughs> yeah, I uh my wife I will tell me we I built a greenhouse for her this year and so she's got some uh she does have some um finally has some stuff that's really really growing. Um but I wanted to show one last picture cuz uh we were t we, we I know we've talked about the cherry and all that stuff. And I, I have pictures of that uh, from Ashley's farm. And uh, I took some great photos. That's, um, that's Pedro. He, that's the first coffee we picked this year. Nice. Put it up and showed it to me. And I actually made that picture and had it blown up a little bit and framed it, and gave it to him this year. How much, how many cherries does one plant produce you? If you had to pick just one plant, how many I, cherry you know, or how many grapes does it produce? I wouldn't even guess. Uh, I've thought I, I I missed most of that. Can you say that again? No, I said how how much does one uh one plant produce like uh, grape wise? Just one. You got me, Ashley. Yep. Yeah. Now you're moving. Okay. No, I you said how much how does. Yeah, on average, on one plant, how many grapes does it usually produce in a season? I don't know. I've never um, – yeah, a couple of times I've thought about, like, either counting them. You you pick it about six or seven different times, mm -hmm. and so uh, you'd have to, you know, keep track pretty close. Okay. Uh, I can do some math. I have about seventy-five to 80,000 plants. And okay. So math of how much we picked this year. Okay, yeah, because uh, my wife is curious to how much coffee might come off of this plant once it starts uh, fruiting in the future. Okay, and I, I could ask Anna how much we got off that Robusta, see if she wrote down the numbers. Okay. We have one of those, and to see, because it had a pretty poor production this year, so that would give an idea of the low side production. Okay. I can ask Anna how many beans she got off of it. Okay, that'd be awesome. Okay, I got these pictures pulled up, um, and these are more from Ashley's farm, just so you get an idea of what we're talking about when we say cherry. And so that's what one cherry looks like. Did it pop up? Yeah, yeah, that's still pretty green. Yeah. Um, let me see. Where do we go here? Uh oh. Now, are you looking for this to be like fully red, like before you pick it? Yeah. Yeah, it needs to be. Okay. And some of those weren't perfect because that was the first picking. So it needs to be a really dark red. And, you know, we now, like. Now, are, are they pretty much edible in that state? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they eat them all the time. Uh, the okay. sugar should be about 18%. And so, I mean, it's going to okay. be super sweet. We use an auto refractor and check the sugar in them. Okay. And so, yeah, we, 18 would be a really good number. Oh, that's a little flower. Yep. That's, uh, I guess I haven't had to do tea with that yet, but you were saying it, if you, I guess you could make tea out of that too. Yeah. The problem is that there's two different types of leaf. One I'm just going to put out a new branch and one I'm just going to put out a pod of coffee beans. Uh, this is very similar to a honeysuckle. When you pull the pistol out through the back, 
you're going to get a little tiny drop of dew on it. And, uh, and it's just super sweet, just like a honeysuckle. Nice. And so there's only about two days, three times a year that we can harvest the flowers. But this year we're going to clean a section of farm about a quarter of an acre. And so we're going to wait until it flowers and then we're going to harvest the flowers and then we'll cut the plants down. And so we'll have maybe a pound, something like that of uh, coffee flour. And that's the sorting table that the ladies work on. You know, what's crazy is a lot of those companies don't even have these tables where they pick out defects and whatnot. They just throw that coffee together and sell it to consumers. So well, that's, look, that's awesome to see that. The right side is a, uh, that's a little hand shaker. And so that's your screening. That's just a single screening table there. Right. And the one in the house where we actually hold the coffee has got three layers. And so it'll pull the pea berries and triplets out on one, your standard coffee on the other. And then anything really big will stay on the top. And then they all go into different bags. And then nice. the stuff that's in that center table will go here and get hand selected. Then the pea berries and triplets will come in later in the year and get hand selected. Okay. And the stuff on the top, that'll go to our secondary market there in Honduras. Hey, on average, how much do you think your green coffee uh, lasts on average? Like uh, if, if you was to just throw it in a box, air in a pantry somewhere, how long do you think it would last? If you keep it out of the light and keep it in a decent uh, atmosphere, it should last about two years without losing more than a point and a half. We age the coffee for 90 days in parchment under near ideal conditions, and that extends the shelf life of the green coffee. Okay. What well, one more question? I know, I know it's getting we've been on here for a minute, but I, I just want to know. So once this plant starts fruiting, and once it comes time to pick for here, what process would you take? Because I've never picked and went through like a washing procedure or a honey procedure or any of that stuff. What would you do at a home if you had to do it at your house? If I for your plants you have in your house, yeah. Uh, you can control the conditions. I would go honey on them. I would do a okay. No, what no what process? Like, how would you do it at your house? Like the drying process, like the whole process that you're going through. How would you do that at home? Do you think? I would find some kind of a place where I could put a screen, like the screen on a you know a screen door of the house. Okay. On some kind of a screen, and get a little airflow going under it and above it, where you could take it outside on a good hot day, but. You know, in ideal conditions, you need to move that coffee every 30 minutes. You need right. to you know, be moving it. But like okay. in the house, the safest way you would do it, um, you know, you're going to pop it out by your fingers mm -hmm. and I would wash it. And then it would dry a whole lot faster. Okay. But I don't know. What kind of coffee is it? It's, a, it's an Arabica tree. It's What did you, you say now? What variety is it? Yeah, I just know that it's an Arabica coffee plant. That's pretty much, that's the, the that's literally all I have on it right now. You can start as big as it is. You can start looking up uh, the distance between the veins. And yeah, the all, all it says is Arabica coffee plant. That's all it says on the side of it. You can start doing some research. It's going to be the spacing in the veins on the leaf. It's mm -hmm. going to be the broadness, the point of the leaf. It's going to be the distance between each one of the little branches on the tree. Okay. Uh, you can start looking up all of those different things and you could narrow it down to, to 
to what variety or, or at least the family of it. Oh, you're talking about the family. No, I don't know that. I just know that it's an Arabica coffee plant. Um, yeah. I, I'll dig into my research cause I don't know that. Cause like, uh, this last coffee I bought, I bought a Sarge more. And so I split it up into thirds and I processed a third of it, washed a third of it, honey and a third of it natural. And I threw it on the patio all at the same time. And the, the point different was 2.25 points difference between the worst cupping and the best cupping. Right. And so on the Sarge more, I don't know if you could tell here, I don't know. I can't. There's 229 varieties that grow in Honduras. Right. And so okay. I do me just the same research it would you. Uh, <laughs> Makes sense. I, I've researched the coffees that grow in my area at my altitude. And so that's what I've researched the most of. Okay. But uh, like my Sarge Moore, it cupped to 87.25 natural and it cupped an 85 something washed. Okay. Point more for the honey. So if you found out what your variety might cut best at, like my perinema, I've never had a decent cup out of the natural process on the perinema, so I just quit. And my Bourbon cups higher at wash than it does anything else. Okay. You know, and my some of my best cuppings are the uh, the natural process Limpira. And so it's just crazy what the different you know varieties and the different processes will do. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into that because I I don't know. Well, I got four more of these, so I don't know how different all the rest of the plants are. Yeah, I would. Yeah, definitely put them leaf to leaf and see if they're they're the same variety. Okay. Good and stuff. It will get you something that we know what it is, and I'll get you some seeds, and you can play with that. Okay, sounds good. That get would some, be cool. Um. <clears throat> I want to thank both of you guys for taking time on your Friday night. I know, I know Ashley, like me, uh, is always in the shop toiling away. And I, and I know, you know, Joshua, I mean, he's got a full-time military career that he has to do first and then he got to come home and stay up till two o'clock in the morning. So he can get his orders out. That's so, right. Uh, <laughs> I know that we, uh, we all share that passion, but you know, if you didn't really, I, I know we all have different stories, but I, you know, I fell in love with coffee overseas and, and, um, cause I'd never had it quite like that before. And, uh, and, you know, we tried to show you some of the pictures tonight of some of these people that are actually picking your coffee in third world countries, living in conditions that, that you and I wouldn't live in. Um, and I, I know that when Connie and I came back from visiting Ashley's farm, one of the first things, um, that I, that I said, you know, it's, it's horrible. We we're over here griping about the uh, Amazon driver didn't put the package where I told him to put it. And uh, these people down there don't have sewage and don't have running water. And, and some of them don't have electricity, you know, in their, in their huts. I mean, they don't have lights. The, you know, the, the sun goes down and they got to go to bed and, uh, or, or try to read by the fire. I mean, there's that, that's primitive. Uh, so you you're you know when you go and you and you buy a good cup of coffee and I'm going to I'm going to lay it out there I'm going to throw everybody else under the bus when you go and you buy a good cup of coffee not from all them other chains and everybody else that buys junk uh these people in the mountains that that struggle to survive are the ones out there in the fields picking it for us so that we can have a great cup of coffee and um and, and it does mean, What's that? They don't get to drink that cup. They drink the the wakuko they drink oh, the yeah, the, yeah. The and so, 
avocados. I can't get good avocados where I live because the good avocados uh, in the United States, you know, and what we get's bruised up, beat up. Right. Yeah. And so that, you know, you, you can buy coffee wherever you want. You can. But if you really want to support, uh, uh, I think Ashley says it quite a bit. I don't know if we've mentioned it tonight, but when you buy coffee from me or you buy it from Champ Bros or you buy it from Legacy Farms or any other specialty grower and farmer and producer, you're literally buying crop to cup. Our coffee is all direct trade. There's no middleman. It comes from the workers at Ashley's farm straight to my shop before it goes in the roaster. And so you're literally supporting the people. Some of the pictures that we've shown Ana and Santos and Brajidio, you're literally supporting those families that, that are so impoverished. Um, you and know, both of those houses that you saw, you know, both of them now have running water in the house. They both have electricity in the house. They both have brand new showers and uh, bathrooms. And their, their houses look quite a bit different now than, than what they did in the pictures. And a lot of that, some of that's for me, but a lot of it is because we taught them how to do that money once we started paying them more money. And once they start getting money in from you guys in the States buying their coffee, they didn't know what to do necessarily with the money. And I'm not some kind of financial genius, but I said, you know, let's make you, you know, uh, let's, let's, I'll help you with my buying power to get those materials for your house. But, Yes, one year Santos's year-end bonus was water in the house. The next year it was electricity in the house, and then it was the store in his house. And then this last year, you know, after we visited, I, I asked him. I said, "Where's your shower at?" And he's like, "Well, I don't have a shower." And, yeah, and wow! I didn't think to ask. And so we go out there, and yeah, I just had the materials left over. I didn't actually build the shower on that house. I just we delivered the materials, and they built the thing. They just didn't have the money to buy the materials. So a couple hundred dollars worth of materials and, you know, they got a house or they got a shower. But yeah, Santos's house looks nice now. Uh, boy, That's awesome. takes care of it and he's built on it. He built Frandy, uh, a new bedroom last year. And he built a lean-to, like a 14 by 18 lean-to where they have a home church there now. And so uh, Santos, is, I don't know if he's been baptized yet, but he started going to church. And he's definitely changed a lot of his ways and gotten his act so he's made a drastic change. A lot of that's his wife. But, you know. <laughs> but ultimately, you know, that's the beautiful thing. It's the reason I got connected with Ashley. And I know Joshua and there's a, a lot of other people that I know also uh, that buy from Ashley for the same reason is that's, it's not just great coffee. There's so much more mission behind the coffee, uh, you know, with the church and with the, uh, with LF missions uh, that actually supports the community uh, in a Christ-like fashion. The best and comparison I could make to that is you picking Pillsbury biscuits over your grandmother's homemade biscuits. That is the best comparison <laughs> I can can make. I do like it when the thing pops, though. You know, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that is pretty. <laughs> Just like a yeah. Folgers can, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um. I really appreciate you guys. I, um, if you're listening to this on uh, any one of the platforms with the audio only, uh, you can go to any one of our. Uh, I did hit the tab, guys. So whenever we get done, uh, I'll send you a copy of the audio. But you should be able to to. I don't know if it allows you to grab it too, but uh, if not, I'll send that out so you guys can put it on your platforms. 
But if you're listening to it, you can always go to any one of our YouTubes uh, and watch the video so you can catch some of the pictures uh, of that we that we shared with some of the stuff, you know, the the actual product and some of the workers and stuff, because I think that's really important to understand, you know, where you're getting your coffee from. Um, you know, if you don't care and like Ashley said, if you want to go buy, call it what it is. It's a cheap cup of coffee and that's and you're and you don't want to pay more than four bucks for a pound. Well, then go buy the cheap stuff and be happy and put put all your cream and sugar in it. Uh, and and and, you know, and, you know, that's fine. I mean, that's perfectly fine. But, you know, if you are looking for a much better quality coffee or you're, you know, a connoisseur, uh, you know, then then buy specialty coffee and buy it from us because uh, it, it really supports a, a great mission all around. Right. Hey, one more, one more plug from me. Um, if anyone is in, I interview all the top roasters from across the nation and the world. So if anyone wants to follow my podcast, the roasters round table, I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth between mine and uh, Jay's podcast here. So um, if, I just had Steve Green on. Uh, that'll be put out here shortly. Uh, he's the CEO of Mill City Roasters. Um, that's going to be put out. So all of my content is just basically based towards roasters um, across the nation. So if anyone is curious to how the roasting procedures go per company and if their experiences are the same and how they differ, you can follow that podcast specifically. And it is the Roasters Roundtable. Good. And Ashley's is uh, Ashley. We've just got his up on most of the platforms. We've got a couple more to iron out, but uh, you can Google legacy farms, coffee podcast, and it will pop up on Google and Amazon and Spotify and NPR, all those platforms that red circle uses uh, his podcast is on there. He's starting, he's just getting started with his podcast. So he'll be throwing up more episodes on there. And as always, you can catch Third Day Coffee Seguin uh, with God Country Coffee every Friday night. Uh, not every Friday night. I, I I still have a regular day gig, and so sometimes it gets in the way. But I'll make up real, for it for you, Jay. There you go. We try real hard uh, to do one every Friday um, at, at 1900. And uh, I just want to thank everybody. I know this one's gone on really long, but I know there was a lot of information and it didn't seem like it was that long. I know we could go for a long time if we wanted to, uh, but that would be a very specific niche group that would want to listen to us. <laughs> hey, so uh, one more thing before we go, I really would like, and I, I bet I could get some time off. And, uh, you know, I told you this, Jay, um, Ashley, did I tell you about uh, the, the one of the drill sergeants that walked into the office and I don't know if it was God or what. And, I, and she was like, I'm, I'm just ready to move. I'm done with this place. I was like, Oh, where are you getting stationed at? She said, Honduras. And I was like, so I was like, that's crazy. That that's a side story. But <laughs> what I really want to do, um, and I could get it approved. I'd actually talked to some people about it. I would like to take all my camera equipment and go down to Honduras and we can do an in-person podcast on the farm and record it. Oh yeah. And that's my background now is on the farm, but yeah, Wednesday okay. night I'll be doing a live podcast on my back porch. Okay. Uh, uh, well, it's according. I got to look at what the, what time it gets dark. I might do it a little bit earlier. Right. Yeah, I'll do a, a live and I'm going to do about a half a dozen recorded ones. Uh, okay. While I'm there. I think it'd be awesome to have all three of us there. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 
I got to yeah. do the same thing you do, Joshua. I got to coordinate it with my uh, with my chain of command because right. they don't just let you travel like that. No. Uh, when when Connie and I went to Ashes last time, it was the year I took off of work, and so I didn't have any restraints. But but uh, I've kind of talked about it a little bit to the leadership, and they said, you know, it's going to be a mission trip. Yeah. Most people don't know anything about other countries, so if I'm trying to go to Honduras, well, are you trying to pedal cocaine down in Honduras? Is that what you're doing? Uh, I'm, no, I'm, <laughs> it's not what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, I think Ashley was telling me that it's easier to peddle drugs in the country than it is coffee because the coffee <laughs> is such a huge commodity, right? You know, but yeah, uh, container of Coke over here easier than I could a coffee, right? <laughs> but uh, I that would be pretty awesome. You know, we should all coordinate that because I I know coffee hey, wants we, to go. We got back. time. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 plan that and do it, Ashley. That would be pretty awesome. But yeah, let's do it. I'd love to go down there and just us hang around for a while and we can go get tacos in Marcala. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now the reason why I said because uh is is I could actually go down there because they have like a little barrack space for people down there. So if like if I wanted to go, there is a military base down there, they would let me I would be able to, it would sound better that I would I'd be staying on a military post. It would sound better to them. So they'd be more off to let me go. Oh yeah, and we got an apartment you can stay in too. We're just like a, a we're just uh, about an hour and ten minutes away from post. So. Okay, awesome. Uh, yeah, it's well, a good thing. I appreciate you guys so much, and uh, as as always, uh, tell everyone you know who watches the show, tune in every week, treat each other the way God intended us to treat one another with love, kindness, and respect. And until next week on God Country Coffee, God bless you guys. Have a great week. You guys hang tight, and uh, I'm going to close it up.